Welcome back to episode three, exploring the new security of payment legislation in Western Australia, the new Building and Construction Industry Security of Payment Act 2021, which we refer to as SOPA. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different, and that's retention money trusts. What is it? What does it mean? What do you have to do? And what happens if you don't do it? I'm Laura Bolt, a specialist in drafting and negotiating construction and infrastructure contracts and a senior associate in the projects, energy and infrastructure team in Perth. And I'm Kate Bauer, also a specialist in construction and infrastructure disputes in the projects, energy and infrastructure team and a senior associate in disputes in Perth. In episodes two and three, we discussed the changes brought about by SOPA, as well as notice based time bars and extensions of time. And we're joined in our last episode by two delay experts. I'm looking forward to discussing retention monies today, Laura. As some people may not be familiar with retention monies, retention monies are a portion of a payment that is temporarily withheld by the payer as a form of security. For example, if the contract specifies that 10% of each payment made by the principal will be retained until the project is complete, if the total project cost is, say, $1 million, then the total retention amount would be $100,000, being 10% of $1 million. As the project progresses, the principal makes periodic payments to the contractor, but each time 10% of the payment is retained and not immediately paid to the contractor. Once the construction is finished and the principal is satisfied that all contractual obligations, including any necessary defects or rectification, have been met, the retained amount is released to the contractor. Thanks, Kate. And today we'll be discussing first why the changes were introduced. Secondly, what is a trust? Thirdly, what does the SOPA legislation say with regards to retention monies and practical aspects of what you need to do? And finally, a brief look at the findings of a recent report by KPMG on security of payment amendments in New Zealand. And the changes brought in by SOPA around retention money trusts are quite significant, aren't they, Laura? Yeah, that's right. And we've had a lot of concerned clients who want to use retention money as a security in their contracts, but are coming to us and asking, what do the changes mean? It all looks too hard or too confusing, or even the word trust seems a bit too scary and let's look at some alternatives instead. So there's a fair bit of confusion, misunderstanding and reluctance to delve into this. And to add to that, the provisions on retention money trusts are quite lengthy, which I understand can be quite off-putting, but that's why we're here. Absolutely. We put in the hours reading and considering the various requirements of the retention trust regime. And you might think the fact that it's a trust is confusing or daunting, but we want to tell you today why it isn't. As we've discussed in earlier podcasts, one of the key purposes of SOPA is to improve payment protections and payment practices. One of the key ways SOPA does this is through the retention trust scheme, which protects retention money in the event of insolvency. And before we consider what the legislation says, I thought it would be helpful to give a little background on why these changes have come about. The Murray report that we previously mentioned recommended that legislation should provide that all cash retentions are held on trust for, in the case of a principal, the head contractor, in the case of a head contractor for the subcontractors, and in the case of subcontractor for the sub subcontractor. Murray argued that the legislation is necessary given the pyramid structure of the industry and that those subcontractors at the base of the pyramid are most vulnerable to the consequences of late payment and the risk of insolvency of parties higher up the contractual chain. And insolvencies that are high, according to statistics from the Australian Security Investments Commission, or ASIC, between July 22 and April 23, 
1,709 construction companies across the country entered administration. And to put this figure into context, this represents the construction industry's highest level of insolvency in the past decade. So it seems like a no-brainer the parties should take advantage of the mechanisms in the SOPA. And Murray in his report argued that any reform proposal that does not include protection to the most vulnerable must be considered as suboptimal. Murray further said that such legislative intervention was long overdue, as it had been an issue first promoted in the early 1990s and specifically recommended in the only two previous inquiries that specifically considered these issues, namely the WA Law Reform Commission in 1998 and the Collins Inquiry in 2012. And to add to that background, the Fiocco report discussed Murray Report's recommendation in the context of project trusts. And Fiocco discussed two forms of contractual security that are commonly used, bank guarantees, including insurance bonds, and retention money deducted from progress payments. And Fiocco cites the Murray Report, noting that Subcontractors may be able to avoid such issues of cash flow by providing a bank guarantee in lieu of cash retention. But in order to provide such an instrument, a subcontractor will need to provide security to the bank, which many small size subcontractors are unable to do unless the security provided is their family home. And Fiocco put it that why should a wealthy man's contractual security receive protection that a poor man's contractual security does not? And what this means is that clearly the answer is that it should not. And this was the basis for Fiocco recommending that the government adopt recommendation 81 of the Murray report being the recommendation on retention money trusts. So to summarise, Kate, why would you want to use re retention money trusts in your construction contract? Well, the primary benefit as opposed to a bank guarantee is that there will be no fees as there would be for a bank guarantee. That's definitely a plus. But it does also mean less cash in hand for the contractor is these monies are effectively quarantined for a period. That's correct. But then there would be payment of a lump sum at the end, subject, of course, to any recourse that the principal may have to the retention monies. The reasons for which will be contract specific, but generally the same as under a bank guarantee. And that's great. And we've had clients saying we already have a project account. Can we just put the retention monies in there? In short, no. Retention monies must be held in a separate bank account, which we'll get onto shortly. Thanks, Kate. And now let's look at what is a trust. And by way of reminder, the object of SOPA is to provide an effective and fair process for securing payments to persons who undertake to carry out construction work or to supply related goods and services in the building construction industry. And one of the ways this is achieved is ensuring money is held on trust if it has been retained to secure the performance of contractual obligations. The scheme was created to better protect retention monies by ensure it cannot be used in any other way than its intended purpose. But what does that actually mean? What is a trust? Well, as mentioned, a retention trust is different from a project bank account. That's the first point. A trust is a legal relationship in which a person gives property, in this case the retention money, to another person or entity, the trustee, who must keep and use it solely for the benefit of a particular party known as the beneficiary. The trustee manages and administers these assets according to the terms and conditions of the trust, which here are set out in SOPA and under the Trustees Act 1962, although SOPA does exclude a couple of provisions under the Trustees Act, which we'll come to shortly. 
Historically, retention money has been vulnerable to being misappropriated or lost altogether during disputes or insolvency. And the explanatory memorandum to SOPA reminds us that the building industry has a culture of late or non-payments. Trusts serve various purposes, including asset protection, as they offer a way to control and safeguard assets while allowing for specific distribution or management instructions. And to give an example, there are limited circumstances in which the retention monies can be withdrawn. And there is good reason for this. As the explanatory memorandum to the SOPA notes, the section about withdrawals from retention money trusts ensures that the funds held on trusts are not misused and will help bring about cultural change and encourage proper business practices. If the principal is holding retention monies in a retention money trust account and subsequently goes insolvent, the liquidator or administrator is obliged to recognise any accumulated retention money as money held on trust. Mm, and that means that the money is effectively ring-fenced and doesn't form part of the general pool of company money available to creditors. Retention money often represents the entire profit margin of a project for a contractor, and so we understand why it's important to protect those funds. And that brings us to the legislation itself. And I just want to start by saying that if you're not familiar with the scheme, while it might appear overwhelming at first, once you've thought through your internal legal and risk procedures for managing retention funds and implemented a structured system, most of the obligations become primarily administrative in nature. And the duties under the Trustees Act to act personally and not delegate the administration of the trust does not apply under SOPA. So a party can, in fact, delegate the administration of the retention money trust. So, Kate, we've touched on previously what is a retention money trust, but how does that work in practice and what does the legislation say? Thanks, Laura. Well, to expand upon what we previously said, the first point to note is that retention money is a form of performance security. Under SOPA, performance security is defined to be either retention money or a performance bond. Retention money is where the principal retains a percentage of the contract value as a safeguard for the performance of the contractor's obligations. It includes money that is, that is withheld from money payable to the contractor under the contractor's security and money that is paid up front by the contractor to the principal to be retained as performance security. It's worth noting that the definition of SOPA also says that retention money is referred to in the building and construction industry as a holdback. That's right. And under SOPA, the retention trust scheme, which we'll just refer to as the scheme, requires retention money withheld under eligible construction contracts to be held in a trust account. And Laura, what is an eligible construction contract? Great question. So from 1st of Feb 2023 to 31st of January 24, the scheme applies to all new construction contracts to which part four of SOPA applies, while the value exceeds a million dollars, including GST. From 1st of Feb 2024 onwards, the scheme applies to all new contracts to which Part 4 of SOPA applies, where the value is $20,000 or above, including GST, so a, a quite a significant reduction in the values. It's important to note that the scheme does not apply retrospectively. There are also some excep exceptions, including that Part 4 does not apply to construction contracts directly with the government party, as defined in Clause 69 of SOPA. And as to what is a construction contract, we discussed this in detail in episode one to this podcast series, but to briefly summarise, it's a contract for construction work or the supply of related goods and services. And the definition of construction work and related goods and services under SOPA are very broad, but essentially includes all building, civil works, construction and engineering works, as well as materials or components that will form part of those structures and plant or materials for use in those construction works. The scheme only applies to construction contracts where retention money is held. Under stage two of the implementation of SOPA, 
it will not affect other forms of security, such as bank guarantees. However, it's worth noting that under stage three of the implementation of SOPA, which comes into effect on 1 February 2024, there will be a provision giving the contractor a right to substitute performance security, but we don't have time to discuss that today. And it's also important to point out that the scheme does not mandate retention money as a form of security. That's an important point. Parties still have the freedom to choose the form of security, if any. However, if retention money is required and the contract is an eligible construction contract, then the scheme will apply. That's right. So let's look at exactly what the scheme requires. Absolutely. Well, a party to a construction contract who retains retention money under the contract that is held on trust must ensure that the money is paid into a trust account established by that party with the recognised financial institution. And it must do so in accordance with part four of SOPA, which we call the retention money trust account. Generally, such account must be established within 10 business days after the parties enter into the construction contract. And in terms of when the retention money must be paid into the trust account, this must be held on trust by the party who retains the money from what we call the retention money trust commencement date until the retention money trust end date. Now, the retention money trust commencement date means where money is retained by a principal for security for a contractor's performance. The money must be placed in trust from the date on which the money first becomes payable to the contractor for carrying out construction work or supplying related goods and services under the contract, but for the right of the principal to retain the money. So this would be the due date for payment under the contract. And it's also defined as being in relation to money paid to the principal by the contractor as security for the performance of the contractor's obligation under the contract, the date the money is paid to the principal. And so in this circumstance, Section 74 of SOPA sets out that the retention money trust account must be established before the money is paid by the contractor. And as mentioned, that money must be held in trust until what we call the retention money trust end date. And this means that earlier of either when the money is returned to the contractor, the date on which the contractor notifies the principal that it will not make a claim for the release of the retention monies, i.e. it's got no entitlement, for example, the contract has been paid or the money is due under the contract already. The date on which the principal becomes entitled under the construction contract to have recourse to the retention money. And an example of that would be if the contractor owes money to the principal for something. Uh, the date that the retention money is no longer required to be held as security under the construction contract following a determination of an adjudicator, arbitrator uh, or an order of a court or tribunal. Or finally, the date that is two years after the date on which the principal gives the contractor written notice that the retention money is due to be released to the contractor. And turning to the practicalities of the scheme, a retention trust account must be a deposit or transaction account of a recognised financial institution and include the words trust account in the name and description of the account. And as soon as practical, the party who established the account must provide to the other party the account details, such as the name of the financial institution where it's held, the name of the account, the BSB and account number, and anything else prescribed by the regulations, although we know that there isn't currently anything else prescribed. If any of the details of the account change, the party who established the account must provide written notice of that change to the other party. And one final point on the practicalities. The party who established the retention money trust must keep proper accounting records of the account, for example, 
record all transactions of the trust, show a true position of those transactions, be readily and properly audited, be written in English and comply with any other regulations. That's right. And importantly, the party who established and operates the account must retain the accounting records while the account is in operation and for at least three years after it's closed. Well, that all sounds fairly straightforward, Laura. But what about if I have multiple construction contracts? Do I need a separate trust account for each one? I imagine that could get quite tricky for some of our bigger clients. Not at all. So a retention money trust may either be separate accounts for each contract or a single trust account for all retention money under two or more construction contracts. Where a single retention money trust account is kept for multiple construction contracts, the account records must identify the contract for each payment in and out of that account. So it's clear where the money belongs. And let's look at when a party can have recourse to the retention monies. SOPA now requires a party to give the other party at least five business days notice of their intention to do so. Yeah, and as a reminder, this also applies to bank guarantees, so it's to both forms of performance security. Absolutely. And the purpose of this is to allow the parties to pause and have the opportunity to resolve any differences. Does SOPA say anything else about withdrawing money from the trust account? It does. So a party may only withdraw money from a retention money trust in the following circumstances. And there's quite there's quite a few, so bear with me. In accordance with the relevant construction contract, which, as we just mentioned, requires five business days notice in a manner agreed between the parties, pursuant to a relevant determination. And that could be an adjudication, arbitration, a tribunal, expert, etc. For the purposes of returning money erroneously paid into the account to transfer to another retention money trust account. After the retention money trust end date, which we just discussed, uh, for payment authorised by part four of the Act, which is the part of retention money trusts, or for any other purpose prescribed by the regulations. And as we mentioned, same again here, uh, nothing is currently prescribed by the regulations that we haven't already mentioned. I also note that the money may only be withdrawn by cheque or EFT. An example of when a trustee may be entitled contractually to withdraw money from the trust account is to fix defects. And it's important to mention that these are the only reasons a party may withdraw the monies. Section 85 of SOPA sets out that the duty under the Trustees Act to pay money held on trust on demand by a beneficiary does not apply if the demand is not made in accordance with one of the reasons just mentioned. And the key point is that withdrawals from a retention money trust account are set out in Section 76 of the SOPA and are limited. The explanatory memorandum notes that as trust property a beneficiary has access to remedies under the general law to restrain or deal with the misappropriation of retention money. Turning now to what happens if retention monies are withheld but not paid into a trust account in contravention of SOPA. So a party to a construction contract will commit an offence if the party fails to comply without reasonable excuse with section 74.1, which is the requirement to pay retention money into a trust account, or 79.3a, which is a requirement to allow the other party to inspect and take copies of any accounting records relating to the money in which that person has a beneficial interest. The penalty for such an offence will be a fine of $50,000. However, and this is an important caveat, the legislators do recognise that it may take parties some time to get up to speed with the legislation. And this section of SOPA does not become effective until 1 February 2024. So here, to reiterate, even though the offence for failing to comply with certain parts of the scheme being Section 87 um, 
is there. It does not come into effect until 1 February 2024. So it's important to get systems and processes in place to ensure you are compliant on or before 1 February 2024 in respect of retention monies. Mm, that's a good point. And to add to that, a claimant may suspend works if the claimant makes a payment claim for a progress payment and the respondent fails to pay retention money relating to that progress payment into a retention money trust account as required by Part 4 of SOPA. That's right. And moving on to implementing the legislation and hopefully contractors are seeing those benefits we outlined earlier. We thought it would be helpful to briefly mention that recent New Zealand amendments to their security payment legislation, um, which looked into any issues regarding retention trusts in practice. That's right. In the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, commissioned KPMG to provide a report to help the ministry understand the implementation and effectiveness of the retention money provisions regime under the New Zealand legislation. What did that report find, Kate, and what were the recommendations? Well, of relevance to the SOPA in Western Australia, the New Zealand report found that their legislation did not provide appropriate mechanisms to administer the retention account during an insolvency, as some entities commingled retention monies with other monies. While this was allowed under the original New Zealand Act, this creates a greater risk that funds will not be identifiable and clearly on trust in the event of insolvency. So the Amendment Act was then brought in, in New Zealand and it introduced new requirements for withholding retention money, including keeping retention money held on trust without mixing it with other money or assets. And that's the way that the WA SOPA legislation is currently structured. That is, retention money has to be held in an account separate from any non-trust monies. So it's good to know that that was highlighted as a benefit by KPMG. The other thing that I thought was noteworthy in the New Zealand report was that a low payees have the right to inspect accounting records of payers to confirm compliance, again, as is the case with the WA SOPA. New Zealand subcontractors rarely exercise their inspection rights. Well, that's right. And the New Zealand report recommended providing each subcontractor with the report after each transaction with their retention money promptly and free of charge to increase the transparency of the retention trust scheme. And although the WA SOPA doesn't go that far, it does give the beneficiary the right to inspect and take copies of any accounting records free of charge. So there is a right beneficiaries should exercise to ensure the money is being managed correctly. Absolutely. And that's all we've got time for today. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion on our retention trust scheme and found it informative and engaging. And just remember that stage three of SOPA comes into effect on 1 February 2024. And we have flagged some of the changes in respect of the retention trust scheme in this podcast. Thanks, Kate. And if you have any requests for future security of payment topics, please reach out to us through any of the usual channels. Thanks for listening.